Hey y'all, welcome to the fourth episode of the Gold Miner Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Garcia, and today we're going to be talking about some of the highlights of free agency, such as the 49ers, my take on it, uh, the Saints uh, cap space situation, as well as, yes, my take on the Dak Prescott contract extension that everybody just loves to talk about now. (laughs) So let's go ahead and get started with the uh, 49ers. So, so far in the offseason, you know, the 49ers really haven't done too much, obviously, because of their cap situation. Um, Originally, they were at about 10 million above the cap. And it's not a good number, but you can still work with something like that. But because of certain players not hitting their initiatives on contracts we got another 11 million so we had 21 million uh in cap over the cap space or no sorry under the cap space my bad which obviously is going to help us a lot in trying to re-sign Trent Williams but obviously you know we've we've been having to do some things so far in the offseason uh we re-signed a wide receiver by the name of River Craycraft he played for us a couple times last season wasn't too bad but wasn't too good but obviously Kyle sees something in him and because of the fact that we're going to be losing a whole bunch of players you know not just on defense but also offense it's it's good to extend someone that you you know already how good they can be and uh extend them for you know at least one year we also extended uh tight end Ross Dwelly as well as safety Marcel Harris and some people aren't really going to think that's too much of the 49ers to do in terms of, you know, tight end. We already have Kittle. Uh, there's speculation that we may pick up Kyle Pitts out of uh, Florida, you know, to create a 12 personnel offense. And uh, if for, for anybody that doesn't know, 12 personnel offense basically looks something like uh, a, two, a two tight end set on both ends of the the scrimmage line essentially and you know you can use both tight ends obviously to uh use in passing plays or you can create so much more in terms of run plays it it's it's a sort of scheme in the in the shanahan offense but i'm not gonna get into that already we're going into free agency uh i mean if i if i could i would if i could show like anything on a video or anything but i ain't got the money for that (laughs) But, uh, so basically, yeah, uh, we re-signed Ross Dwelly for another year, which is going to bolster up, you know, our tight end room. We're going to lose, uh, Jordan Reed. We're still going to keep, uh, Charlie Warner. Uh, you know, Kittle obviously being our best tight end, the best in the league, by the way. (laughs) Uh, obviously it's, it's going to help us to have someone who's familiar with the offense and can help can help us if you know Kittle just gets hurt again. You never know. And Marcel Harris, some, uh, it's a good signing. You know, I personally think that it's it was a good signing, mostly because of the fact that we're losing so many people in the secondary to free agency. You know, Kwan Williams, Akilah Witherspoon, Jimmy Ward, Jason Verrett, and Richard Sherman. We're losing all of them. And Obviously, we're not going to get them all back. We, it's got to be one or the other or something like that. You know, the rest are probably going to have to come in free agent and later on down to the free agency as well as, uh, 
What's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Uh, the draft. <laughs> Sorry about that. But, uh, you know, Marcel Harris hasn't really had... From from my understanding, he hasn't done enough to, you know, prove himself to be, like, one of the best safeties in the league. But I'm pretty sure he'll get his chance this season. So, I, I really don't see an issue in re-signing him. I'm just hoping, you know, he can do something for us since we're losing so much talent already. I do also want to say that the 49ers at this moment... And no my I personally think that, you know, depending on what happens on the free on free agency, the offseason, you know, I really do think that, you know, the 49ers aren't Super Bowl contenders. And I know that that's kind of a that's kind of a little little controversial take there, but if I'm being honest, we're we're missing a whole bunch of key pieces on the defense and and the secondary. You know, where it's iffy for Nick Bosa to come back after having the injury that he had, as well as Solomon Thomas, uh, Javon Kinlaw, you know, only one and a half sacks, replacing DeForest Buckner. Uh, uh, so far, you know, it's his rookie season. We understand. And Javon Kinlaw can ball out, but it's going to be a little bit tricky, as well as the fact that we don't have Robert Sala anymore. He went to go and be the head coach for the Jets. It's going to be a bit tricky for the 49ers in order to make it back to the Super Bowl and I really do think it's going to come down to not just the defense but obviously the offense the quarterback situation Jimmy Garoppolo uh, I mean if anything I expect them to make the wild card at least you know uh, it, high, that's still a little bit high ambitions but I don't know I have faith in them and <laughs> that's all I'm going to say I'm probably, I'll probably make an episode of my take on the whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing, I don't know, honestly. I really don't. Because it's very controversial to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and then have ambitions to, you know, get Deshaun Watson, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, it, Mac Jones even. It, it's a little bit ambitious. Trey Lance as well. Uh, man, now I really want to see Trey Lance. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm not going to talk about the whole quarterback situation. All I'm going to say is... Uh, are the 49ers going to be Super Bowl contenders? Hell to the no. Not not this year, at least. Unless we, like, we're able to pick up someone so good, you know? I, I don't see us, like, you know, being able to get Emmanuel Sanders again since he, ju- he just got released with, by the Saints. I don't see him coming back to us because he's going to be a cap casualty. So there's no chance of that ever happening. But, uh, but yeah. Next, I want to talk about the New Orleans Saints situation. And if any of you all haven't, you know, obviously aren't following my Snapchat or just, you know, don't talk to me personally or whatever. Uh, basically, what's going on is that at the beginning of the offseason, you know, right after they lost the division round against the Buccaneers, it became evident that the Saints incurred so much cap penalty that they were close to a hundred million dollars in debt now is that is that a bad thing yes it most definitely is you have to be uh under the cap space in order to function as an organization as well as the nfl not penalizing you by fining you as well as uh taking away draft picks the nfl can't do that you know and so 
what's go what's going on right now is that so far the saints have been making some really smart moves restructuring contracts as well as you know cutting some players that are going to completely destroy the cap space you know like like i said not that long ago they got rid of uh emmanuel sanders uh they just franchise tagged their safety i I forgot his name. All I'm going to say is that it's the guy that missed the tackle on Stefan Diggs in the Minneapolis Miracle. I literally forgot the guy's name. And I feel like a like a bad person for not remembering his name. So I'm very sorry. But uh, obviously, the Saints still have a lot of work to do. And the, the thing is, is that they can still sign people. They can still franchise tag people. But they're basically in debt to the NFL. And so far, the NFL is going to be like, okay, we'll help you, but you owe us. And how they're going to owe them is by finding the Northern Saints and uh, taking away their draft picks, you know? And the reason they got into this situation is because of, you know, they had too many players that were on bad contracts or even, you know, too many good players, you know? Like, for example, you got Quan Alexander, who's on a bad contract because of how injury-prone he is. And they got that contract from the 49ers. So, that's that's kind of our fault, but it's also their fault for even taking him in. There's also, you know, uh, Michael Thomas's $100 million contract. I haven't looked into the specifics of it so far, but obviously, it's it's taking a lot on the cap space. You know, you have so all these great players, Demario Davis... Cameron Jordan, uh, their offensive line and Ramchick and all that. And, you know, Drew Brees, Taysom Hill being paid $60 million for being the backup. It's it's a whole bunch of bad contracts as well as too many good players, you know. In the NBA, the cap space is so high that it's easy to form a super team, you know. I mean, just look at the Nets right now. They got Harden, they got Kyrie, they got Durant, they got Blake Griffin. Uh, you know, the Warriors were really good in 2016 when, when they were a super team. Uh, I mean, they still... Nah, well, I, I don't know. I don't follow basketball all that much. But also, uh, the fact that the Lakers have both LeBron and Anthony Davis, you know, it, it does show how big the cap space is in the NBA. And it's understandable for it to be big, you know? It's, a, it's, it's not football where it's 11 people on the field. 53 people in total must be on a team or whatever, you know, at, at minimum. And, uh, or sorry, max. And, you know, the NBA, it's a whole lot different. It's five people on a basketball court. And obviously you want you want to secure yourself in the future because basketball is such a physically demanding sport. And uh, it's it's just so complicated for the Saints that I, I do wish that they could fix fix all this themselves obviously they're gonna have to get rid of some players if they can't restrict your contracts you know if like for example if Marshawn Lattimore uh doesn't want to restructure his contract then obviously the Saints are gonna be like we're sorry but uh we're gonna have to cut you or we're gonna have to trade you and obviously if they trade some of the players that they have on these bad contracts they're gonna get a whole bunch of a whole lot in return you know in terms of draft picks maybe another good player who knows but obviously the Saints have to figure out something in order to fix this whole situation because if not then obviously the NFL is going to get really fucking mad and the Saints are going to be 
this is kind of controversial to say this if the saints do not fix their caps situation they're not going to be you know the same team that we're going to know obviously they're going to become you know the next cleveland browns for all we know because of this cap situation and it's sad to say that you know new orleans saints they're known for an amazing player uh by the name of drew Brees. you know one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time still hasn't announced his retirement i'm honestly doubting if he ever is going to retire <laughs> he's going to pull a tom brady and just play into his 50s or whatever but uh it's sad to see the saints going this way and obviously i have hopes for them to you know fix this situation without losing any of the good players you know it, it's it's the worst thing to see a team go from contend contender you know annual contenders to just bottom of the league it sucks and I know that feeling because of the fact that, you know, the 49ers were, you know, contenders in from 2011 to 2014. Uh, then 2015 happened. 2016 was even worse. 2017, we got Kyle. And then it was bad from there. 2018, as in, uh, we had aspirations, but Jimmy got hurt. 2019, we made the Super Bowl, but lost to the Chiefs. And then this year, all the injuries, you know, completely screwed us. And it, it really, really, really does suck for like, I keep repeating myself, but some teams just don't know the feeling. Some fans don't know the feeling of having a team that was, you know, once at the top of the league, you know, everyone was afraid of them. You had player, you had like some of the best players that the franchise has ever seen go to, you know, third string quarterbacks that they have to rely on. And they can't find the right coaches. They can't find the right players. They can't find the right anything. It's the worst feeling in the world. And I don't wish that upon any sort of fans. Except maybe Seahawks fans. <laughs> you know. Uh, Patriot fans are already experiencing that right now. I mean. It's too early to say. Because of the fact that most of their de- star defensive players this year. Had to sit out because of COVID. You know. They had the option to sit out and they took it. And then also the fact that. You know, the Patriots offense has has been completely lackluster. Not Cam Newton's fault, by the way. No. I mean, you could say it is because those are the same players that Tom Brady played with and he made to the playoffs with. And that's a whole other discussion I'm not going to get into. (laughs) I'm very sorry for rambling on, guys. But I'm I'm, I'm just saying you don't wish that upon any, any fan to go from contender to bottom feeder of the league in just one year it is the absolute worst feeling in the entire world and now the last thing we're going to talk about is Dak Prescott's recent uh, contract extension with the Cowboys boy oh boy is this a controversy (laughs) first things first that I want to say is congratulations Dak Prescott you know you're going to play another four years with the Cowboys uh well, that's pretty much it. You're playing with the Cowboys. What do you expect? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm so fucking mean to Cowboy fans. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. So basically the controversy is that why would uh, why would Dak take this much money? You know, he should be a team player. He shouldn't take that much money. It, uh, if he wants to win rings, he should be taking pay cuts. Which is a valid argument, you know, look at Tom Brady. He's always been taking pay cuts his entire NFL career. And obviously, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. 
you know, the Patriots were able to focus on other key pieces on the team in order to help Tom succeed, you know, and the Buccaneers are sort of doing the same thing, you know, and it's, it's understandable for that, for that to be, uh, the case, you know, you want, okay, obviously Dak Prescott wants a Super Bowl ring. It's what every guy wants. Well, not every guy. That's what I'm going to get into. Not everyone wants a Super Bowl ring, you know? Sometimes they just make it to the league in order to get enough money to, you know, not have to not have their family as well as, you know, future generations not have to work at all. You know, some players do that. A lot of players do that. You know, Albert Hainsworth was one guy who did that, you know? He played his ass off with the, I believe, the Titans. And then he signed this stupid contract back then with the Washington uh, sh- the Washington Redskins back then. You know, uh, some some people just uh, play in the NFL just to get money, you know? And that's not a bad thing to do. I would, if I had that mentality... I would do the same thing in a heartbeat, you know? i play my ass off for one team and then get signed to, like, a lucrative contract if they're stupid enough to sign me in. If they're, it, like, I don't know. It, it's, that that's my opinion. But obviously, again, Dak, uh, if he does want a ring, you know, obviously he's going to take, he's going to have to take pay cuts later in the future. This year, he's not going to have to because of uh, how the contract's structured. You know, the Cowboys, obviously, they're going to, they're going to deal with it. You know, Jerry Jones is, is a rich, rich man, so he can deal with the cap space all he wants, you know. If you're an absolute rich man uh, that's also an owner of a team or whatever, then the cap space is completely nothing to you. You know, it's, it's pretty evident that Jerry Jones didn't care about the cap space and signed Dak to this contract. And obviously, you know, Dak is making like about $40 million a year. And also the fact that uh, he, I don't remember the exact uh, numbers, but he got, I think he got like 126 million guaranteed signing it and whatnot. There was also, a, I think a signing bonus of uh, 60 million, but uh, you know, da- Jerry knows what he's doing. And obviously Dak understands that he's going to have to take pay cuts later on and probably next year or the year after that, you know? And I was talking to a friend of mine by the name of Noah Uristi. Uh By the way, shout out to him, the best real estate agent in West Texas. Don't don't call me out on it. I'm calling. I'm saying that right now. Love you, Noe. But uh, I was talking to him about it, and he made some great points. You know that uh, a bunch, uh, some of the greatest, some of the best players in the league. You know, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, past Super Bowl winners. Before they signed, you know, their lucrative contracts. And uh, I was seeing where he meant from there, you know, like they won a Super Bowl before getting, you know, that big contract or whatever. And uh, obviously their teams aren't doing that good right now. I mean, you could make a case for Aaron Rodgers, but as we've seen for the last two years, they're, they're complete frauds. And, you know, the Seahawks. Everybody knows what the heck is going on with the Seahawks. I mean, Russell Wilson wants to leave Seattle already. And it seems like it's going that way. So, I was wrong on my prediction there. But, uh, you know, there, there's the case that, you know, team quarterbacks who sign this these type of contracts 
before winning a Super Bowl will not win a Super Bowl. And that's, you know, that's an unfortunate truth sometimes, you know. I mean, some players do end up winning a Super Bowl, but uh, that's sometimes you could you can make the argument that it's by chance or whatever. But that that's not the point, you know. The point is, is that, you know, as some fans are going to see this as, you know, like, oh, he's a selfish player and whatnot. Uh, he shouldn't be on this team if he's going to be this selfish, which I, I don't agree with that mob mentality at all. It It's completely stupid, you know. These are real people, too. I understand they're not like us, obviously. You know, it's such for a high school player having aspirations to be in the NFL, it's such a low chance. I, I honestly think it was like, if I remember the statistic correctly, less than 1% of uh, high school football players will make it to the NFL around the entire country of the United States of America. And... You know, these are all people too. They worked their asses off to get here. Some obviously didn't, you know, i.e. Johnny Menzel. That that that's my opinion, you know, he balled out in college, but he wasn't ready for the NFL. He mentally he wasn't ready for the NFL. Uh you know, like like I've been saying, some people worked their asses off. Patrick Willis, uh, you know, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, you know, all these players, some of the greatest of all time. Worked their asses off from when they were from when they were a kid, when they were a kid to get to where they are now, and obviously they want money to secure their future. When you go to college and you bust your ass, you know, studying and whatnot to get the career that you want, it's sort of the same thing that these NFL players are going through. They bust their ass off physically, like in a physically demanding sport that can risk an injury that ruins your entire future in just in just a blink of an eye you know you're playing the game and all of a sudden oh well you just tore your achilles or oh you just tore your mcl acl or whatever you just tore your shoulder blade your anything any injury that you get from playing football can be uh, career threatening and it's sort it's sort of the same, you know, in college. You know, if you mess up on on a certain test, uh, obviously it's gonna derail you. Not it, it, well, obviously it depends. You know, I'm not trying to completely compare college uh, college classes to NFL. No, what I'm saying is that the process of trying to succeed in this country is very, very. How do I say? I wouldn't say time consuming. I would just say that basically it takes a whole bunch of work, you know, a whole lot of work, hard work. You can't stop grinding, you know, and <laughs> I, I, I don't like saying grinding. It's, it's such a stupid word. <laughs> uh, you know, all the, the these NFL players are just people, you know, and there is, you know, some people are saying, oh, just shut up and play the game. I do not agree with that at all. I will say that right now. They they have voices and they have the right to say whatever the heck they want you know back then obviously in the early 2000s uh, 90s 80s nfl you know some of these players didn't have say so's on what what they wanted and obviously they would be shut down completely and obviously we're seeing a change in that in all forms of sports in around the world and it's a great thing to see that finally some uh these players are being 
seen as not just, you know, TV idols and whatnot, and more as human beings. I would love to, you know, hear the opinion of someone who obviously makes hundreds of millions of dollars more than me, than some, that well, I want to hear all opinions, you know? And obviously, that includes, you know, the hundred million dollar people, you know? I would love to hear their opinions on certain things. If they don't like something that the, that their organization is not doing or is doing, you know, that it, that could be bad, then they have the right to speak up, you know? It's so, it, It's like, imagine you're working at retail, you know, and your boss is a complete piece of shit. You can't say anything. Like, imagine the feeling of not being able to say anything because he is your higher up, you know? You're just a regular old cashier that makes this much, you know, minimum wage, barely makes enough for rent or whatnot. Imagine the feeling of not being able to stand up to anybody, and if you do stand up, you lose your job. That's the feeling that these NFL players have been dealing with for years. And now that obviously these these players are able to, you know, stand up to what they know is completely wrong. For example, the whole Deshaun Watson uh, shit that's going on right now with the Houston Texans. It's obvious that we're, we're heading into a change where, you know, players want more out of teams. And that I'm not saying that's completely good. It could also be a bad thing. I understand, you know. You don't want to you don't want someone who's completely whining that they're not making enough money and then get a bad contract. Nobody wants that. But it's time for, you know, to finally hear what they have to say in terms of what they want out of the team and what they feel like the team is going in what direction, you know. It's how how many I I know some people listening to this podcast have worked jobs that are complete shit, you know. Their bosses are complete jackasses and whatnot. Do you, the feeling of wanting to tell your boss, "Hey, boss, this isn't working. I think we should do something like this." And if they take your advice, it's a it's a great feeling, you know. How many deal that? I worked at retail before. I worked at this janky ass grocery store by the name of Lawrence Brothers. You know, the boss is a complete piece of shit. Uh. You know, he he would uh, let people get away with Jack with almost anything. And it got to the point where, you know, I was starting to act out like a fucking jackass, too, you know, to my own boss. And obviously nobody really liked the boss and whatnot. And the amount of times I'd go up to him and be like, yo, OK, so this isn't really working. We, we should do something like this. And he didn't take in my consideration, my ideas or whatever. It sucked, you know. Because you know the, you know the coworkers that you have, you know uh, either their faults, you know what they want, you know if they're unhappy about something, and you go up to your boss and you say this isn't right, we should do something like this, and they don't even give you the light of day of even wanting to listen what you have to say is the worst feeling in the world, it really is, and you know some of my ex coworkers can tell you the same thing about how bad this bot what this boss was. He wasn't necessarily a bad, a bad boss. He was just kind of stupid. <laughs> but uh, that's that's a whole other story. You know, if you're a close friend of mine, then you already know uh, the whole my whole experience with IGA. But uh, shout out to T- Stanton, Texas. <laughs> but uh, yes, I will say that uh, the uh, these NFL players have the right to say what they want and to want what they want, you know. 
if they want something they should be able that then the owners should be listening to them full-heartedly because sometimes it's your best player and if you're not going to listen to your best player then it just looks bad on you completely i I, again example houston texans with deshaun watson but uh i just went on a whole tangent i'm very sorry guys (laughs) uh I hate it when I go on rambling and whatnot. I'm very sorry about that. Anyway, back to topic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Back to topic. To the topic. Dak Prescott signs the contract and a bunch of fans are obviously mad. Right now, I don't see it as a bad thing. If anything, it shows that there is a sort of con- there is a connection that Jerry Jones wants to have with Dak Prescott. You know, some people bring up that Romo only made this much, like $126 million in all of his years. And then Dak just gets $128 million out of nowhere or whatever. Again, times were different back then. Obviously, the agents weren't the same. The players weren't the same. The owners weren't the same. There's, there's a change coming. And obviously, players are going to want to ask more. And especially in a franchise like the Cowboys, you know, there's, uh, as Noe told me, you know, you can franchise yourself with the most valuable team in the NFL. You know, I, I, I don't remember the net worth of the Cowboys. I think it's in the billions, actually. I'm not sure. I'm not too sure. All I know is that, you know, you can franchise yourself with the Cowboys, you know, in all these commercials in a big country, in a country, in a big state like Texas, you can, you can, uh, Franchise yourself to, you know, be the face of either H-E-B or, you know, Bucky's or whatever. You can gain a whole lot more money out of that. Which I understand, yes. Uh, some people do that. Uh, I mean, just look at the Spurs. You know, some of the Spurs players back then with, uh, you know, Ginobili, Kawhi Leonard, you know, uh, with the whole H-E-B commercials. The same thing with uh, some Texans players, you know. <laughs> what? Oh, God, what was his name? Brock Osweiler, Brock Osweiler, J.J. Watt, you know, and Deshaun. Actually, I don't know about Deshaun Watts on H-E-B. I haven't seen that in a while. But, you know, you can do a whole lot in the state of Texas. And especially with the franchise like the the, the Dallas Cowboys. But, uh, again, you know, some players see like, okay, well, obviously this team isn't doing good right now. You know, Dak Prescott just the past season completely, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't remember the injury. You know, I I really need to do my research on this. I'm very sorry, guys. But he had a horrible, horrible, horrible injury last year against the Giants, you know, in like, I believe, week three or four. And it, you know, seeing that live was so gut-wrenching. And I felt completely bad for him because I was like, you know, that was was the last year that, uh, that was the last year of his rookie contract. Uh... There, uh, there was also, you know, the whole thing about Jerry Jones being stingy and, you know, that that's just him. You know, Jerry Jones is the Emperor Palpatine of uh, professional football. And <laughs> and obviously there, there was there was fear that Dak Prescott wouldn't be able to, you know, succeed after this injury, which I hope he does. I hope he balls out, you know, and proves everyone wrong and proves that he's worth all that money. 
But, uh, you know, there were speculations that he might go with other teams because of how stingy Jerry Jones can be. And obviously, with this contract, it shows that Jerry Jones is willing to listen to Dak and say, listen, you're you're our best player, and we want to pay you like that, you know? And obviously, yes, you know, Cowboys have some fixing to do, you know, defensive-wise. Uh, they have to fix their offensive line. They have to figure out what the heck's going on with the running backs. Uh, wide receivers, you know, they're going to have to figure out, okay, who can we extend? Who can we sign to, like, bigger contracts so we can keep them long-term? But uh, that, that, that's, just, that's just football. That's just the NFL as it is right now. You know, you're going to get bad contracts. And might, might I also add, you know, if a team isn't doing so good right now, and obviously you're the best player on the team, that, that with, without you, they completely sucked. And with you, they were able to do great things. Then it's obvious that you kind of are worth that money. You know, you kind of really are. For example, you know, when Jimmy Garoppolo signed that $100 million contract with the 49ers in, uh, at the end of 2017, before he started starting for us, we were obviously, you know, complete, completely horrible, completely horrible. And then he finishes out undefeated 5-0 against, uh, you know, some playoff teams that year, like the Jaguars, we beat them. Uh, obviously... You're, th- you're thinking he's our best player. Without him, we can't win at the time, you know? You're th- you're obviously wanting to say, like, oh, shoot, we should sign him, you know, what he- what we think he's worth. And that's kind of what Dak is going through right now. And obviously, you know, the 49ers are in a complete horrible situation with Jimmy Garoppolo's contract right now. If we, you know, if we cut him, we'll gain, like, another $20 million or yada, yada, yada. That's a whole other conversation. And I don't see the Cowboys going that same road. I do see them, you know, having a little bit trouble with Dak's contract, you know. But I'm completely sure that Jerry's going to sit down with Dak and just say, Listen, your contract is kind of putting us in a bind. And we're one step away from going to the Super Bowl, winning it all. We need to restructure your contract in order for us to, you know, sign so-and-so player from so-and-so team. Or in this, in the free agency, we could trade for him or whatnot. Or yada yada yada, all that. And I don't, I see that happening. You know, the Cowboys, you know, were were really good. You know, Dak's rookie season, and uh, obviously they they've been faltering. You know, in good old classic Cowboys fashion, they've been faltering year after year. And in a conference that's starting to get a little bit competitive because of the fact that you know Washington, you know they're bolstering a, a young defense that is able to do something. The Giants, you know, late last season finally started finding their footing, and in a coach like Joe Judge. And then there's also the Eagles. You know, they're they're crumbling down before our eyes, but Jalen Hurts is still going to be an issue, in my opinion. He's still going to be an issue. And obviously the Cowboys have to do something about that. You, they don't want, you know, Washington to be the next league leader, you know, or not league leader, division leader. You, obviously nobody's going to want that. Nobody's going to want that except probably me. <laughs> uh, it, it's, just, it's just completely, completely, uh, it's just complicated really. You know, I I can go on about it, but, you know, some people just really aren't going to understand it, which I understand. And that's why I hate rambling on, because then I just start talking uh, stuff that people aren't going to completely understand. 
and I, I that's not a problem with me at all you know I'm not blaming you guys for that some some people just aren't gonna get it because they're just not interested in it enough and that's understandable you know everybody everybody has free will to know what they want to know and whatnot you know I'm not blaming you guys for anything I'm blaming myself for rambling on and whatnot and just having unnecessary space in these recordings so again I'm very sorry for that but uh, <laughs> yeah that's pre- that's pretty much my opinion on the whole Dak thing and to sum it all up again it was a good thing for Dak and I think the Cowboys if they're smart you know if Jerry Jones is smart enough they can become competitors in this league again you know maybe to make to maybe even beat the Kansas City Chiefs or you know have to deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but uh like the contract itself is good so far but you know two years from now maybe next year they'll restructure it to fix more that the Cowboys want and that's pretty much where I'm gonna end it there guys (laughs) I'm very sorry for uh for the ramblings for rambling on and whatnot as well as uh, a couple, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure some of y'all already heard it, but my voice cracking sometimes. I'm, I I really hate that so much. Like, you guys have no idea how embarrassing it is to sometimes hear it on, like, the recordings. You know, I post the fucking uh, podcast episodes on Spotify and whatnot, and then just hearing a voice crack, it, ugh, it, it frustrates me. But I know, you know... Ah, it's whatever. <laughs> Again, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if you can, share the podcast with people you think are interested. Uh, thank you to everyone want, uh, listening to the podcast. Again, if you guys are interested, you know, if you have my Snapchat, if you have my phone number, or any of the matter, any, any sort of matter, you know, you're following the Twitter, you follow me on Storyfire, uh, you're following me on anchor if you guys want to come on and just talk to me about something i will gladly do that you know uh i've already i've already talked with you know one of my closest friends david gonzalez he's an amazing person shout out to him by the way uh i would love to have more of my friends on here you know that that are able to give their opinions about certain things even if they could be dumb you know it could be funny you know i could i could probably (laughs) uh if I could have Reagan Nichols talk about his lack of football knowledge, I would love to have him on there. No offense, Reagan, but uh, <laughs> you're not the smartest when it comes to NFL football. <laughs> I would love to have anyone on the podcast, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, again, share the podcast if you can. Uh, give me insights, you know, if you were confused about something I was talking about. I'll glad I'll more than gladly, you know, bring it up with you personally, like, okay, so you didn't understand this I was saying about Dak or whatnot. You understand this about what I was saying about the 49ers or the Saints. Yada 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 yada. And again, uh, thank you again. I, I just keep saying it over and over again. I'm very sorry guys. Thank you everyone for listening, and I'll see y'all more likely than not next week. Hopefully with more free agency news. 